Welcome to the Revenge Body Podcast. I'm Maverick Willett, and I've helped thousands of divorcees and single moms get snatched waist, jaw-dropping booties, and confidence that captivates the attention of men in every room, all without dieting, cutting carbs, giving up wine night, or starving yourself. What's going on, all you amazing, amazing ladies? ESB here, aka your boy Mav. Today, we're going to talk about two hormones in particular. Can be a very value-packed episode. We're going to talk about progesterone and thyroid. And honestly, I could talk about all these hormones at length for days and days and days on end, but I'm going to do my best to summarize the benefits, how they're relevant to you. I'm starting with progesterone because unlike estrogen, all women can benefit from progesterone hormone replacement therapy. Whereas with estrogen, estrad- estradiol in particular, usually Almost actually, almost always, women only in menopause and beyond need estradiol. Rarely ever would we we you know give any any woman in perimenopause estradiol. It's just usually not needed. Uh, Progesterone, however, is something that all women can benefit from. So many benefits, and I'm going to talk about the different kinds because there's not. There's and in the past there were different forms of progesterone given. I'm going to talk about obviously the bioidentical progesterone, not the synthetic. You need to know the difference between synthetic and bioidentical hormones. Many physicians and practitioners do not, and they will extrapolate the same risk of synthetic hormone replacement to bioidentical, and it's not even close. The the risks are extremely minimal with with bioidentical hormone replacement, and their literature supports that. Speaking of literature. I'm going to have a plethora of bioidentical hormone replacement therapy literature on our website. Once it launches, there will be an entire tab dedicated to the research, the studies, the meta-analysis, and the literature regarding bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. So you can learn yourself. You can educate yourself. I wouldn't expect your doctor if they don't, you know, if they're not up on the current literature, I don't, I wouldn't expect them to go read it. It's their own literature, but many physicians, for some reason, just prefer to not stay up to date. And many do. And those are the awesome ones. So just for, and, and it's also because I also make a lot of claims in these, in these episodes about hormones and on our website. And I want to, you know, obviously make sure I have the proper documentation to back those claims. And we have plenty. So just wanted to put that out there. Everything, every claim that I make will be supported by evidence and that will be posted on our site. There's so many that I can't, you know, I can't cite all of them or even list all of them in a single podcast episode because there is literally like eight pages of, of citations. So anyway, let's get into it. Progesterone. So progesterone is just as important as estrogen. Okay. What Slay is going to use is micronized progesterone. Micronized is a very absorbable, bioavailable form of progesterone. And all of our hormones will be micronized, meaning you can get a lot out of using less hormone, right? Lower dosage, but you absorb it better and therefore can get more out of less. And that's that's a great thing about hormones. If you, you know, the less you can take and get benefits, the better, right? The progesterone protects against breast cancer, protects blood vessels in the brain. And it has a synergistic effect with estradiol. So, like, you know, women in, in menopause who are have have are no longer producing either one, supplementing both progesterone and, and estradiol is synergistic. So a lot of the benefits of progesterone are doubled 
when you combine it with estradiol. If you don't have a uterus, you don't need progestin. Okay, so this is progestin was used to was was used back you know years ago. It's that's not the bioavailable form. Micronized progesterone is. Progesterone is of the utmost importance in postmenopausal women, really all menopausal women, perimenopausal women, premenopausal women because it's good for PMS and migraines, pregnant women. Because a lot of times in the first trimester, you'll find that progesterone starts to fall. So you can supplement it and keep it up and, and kind of mitigate pregnancy side effects. Really, no woman should be without it, but many physicians are oblivious to how important it is. P4 is, is the designator for, for progesterone, by the way, P4, whereas estradiol is E2. Okay? Uh, progesterone stimulates the GABA receptors in the brain. It has an antidepressant effect. So it's great for postpartum depression. Why isn't it prescribed for a lot of women in postpartum and during the postpartum phase, because you can't patent it, plain and simple. Can't patent compounded and micronized hormones. So progesterone is secreted only by the ovaries, and that's why in menopause, it's, you know, levels usually zero. It's a great therapy for PMS, like I mentioned earlier, but you got to use high doses. Lots of women benefit from, from the, the, the benefits of progesterone, particularly for sleep, headaches, decreases bloating as well associated with menstruation. Natural progesterone protects against uterine and breast carcinoma osteoporosis, fibrocystic disease, ovarian cysts. Synthetic progestins frequently cause bloating, headache, fatigue, weight gain, depression, dementia, et cetera, right? So that's a, that's a synthetic, right? Synthetic progestins, MPA, stuff like that, that was used years ago. Those are associated with those side effects. Micronized progesterone is not associated with any of those complications. In fact, progesterone that's the opposite, okay? Where are the receptors for progesterone? The receptors for progesterone are in the uterus, the breast, the vagina, the blood vessels, bones, and brain. All women in menopause need progesterone, uterus or not, okay? That's just, that's key to understand. All menopausal women need progesterone. All women can benefit from it, but all menopausal women need progesterone. All perimenopausal women need progesterone supplementation. Right. So again, view, view menopause, perimenopause, postmenopause, view it as a hormone deficiency, right? It's, it's odd to me, again, that the norm for treating men who, you know, all of a sudden are depleted of testosterone as they age, it's like, oh, we'll just replace the testosterone. They're good to go. Why don't we view women this way? It blows my mind. It's like, okay, women are suffering from hormone deficiency as well. If we replace those hormones with a bioidentical version, symptoms dissipate. But for some reason, for so long, women have just been told, oh, well, it's just a part of life. It's just normal. You're just supposed to feel this way. You'll, you'll be okay. Just, just take this antidepressant. You know, They don't treat the root cause, which is hormone deficiency. As I said before, progesterone protects against you know, breast cancer, which is huge. right? And, and a lot of physicians will tell you, oh, no, hormones increase the risk of breast cancer. Well, synthetic hormones do that, not bioidentical. Menopausal women must avoid all progestins. Now, there's a, there's a, notice the difference. Progestin, synthetic, progesterone, P4, bioidentical. Okay. Menopausal women need to avoid all progestins. Progesterone reduces symptoms of PMS. And what you would basically do is you would start with a very low dose and you would titrate up to effect. So you would gradually raise the dose until symptoms dissipate. You would go by your symptoms purely. And that's something that to understand as well. Our philosophy at Slay will be to treat symptoms, not numbers. By the way, 
if you are wondering how the hell I know all this stuff, <laughs> I, I was privileged to go and attend a seminar hosted by Neil Ruse, who is a pioneer in the BHRT field. That's where I get a lot of my education from. And so a lot of these, a lot of what I'm saying is what I, I took like 50 pages of notes, <laughs> more notes than I took in college for four years combined. <laughs> and I, I really learned this stuff. And I'm just, just want to give him credit because, you know, he's a huge reason why I have this education. Awesome, awesome dude, Neil Rousier. Back to Petrestro. So, Progesterone reduces symptoms of menopause and perimenopause, protects against breast cancer, osteoporosis, heart disease, whereas you know synthetic progestins increase those risks. That's I want to I want to really drive that home because you're going to hear things from doctors who do not read the literature, such as oh no you can't take you know hormones it'll it'll inc- it'll increase your risk of cancer etc. That is only with synthetic hormones, and a lot of times you'll hear people who aren't educated on the literature say oh well you have to assume the risk is the same. No, 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 my friend. No, you do not. You do not extrapolate risks from synthetic hormones to bioidentical. The literature says the complete opposite. So you really have to advocate for yourself with these things because you're going to deal with physicians who, who do not understand or know or not educated on the literature. We are, and we're going to help you. So if you are pre-menopause, <clears throat> if you're pre-menopause, this is generally how your hormones fluctuate according to your cycle. Okay. So you know, normal range for for estrogen is usually like so days zero through fifteen ish. You know, you're going to average around thirty for estrogen. Progesterone will be around four, right? And then up around day fifteen, estrogen will skyrocket up to two hundred. Progesterone will go up to twenty five around day eighteen. It's a little bit staggered. And then around day that maybe day around twenty. Everybody's a little bit different, but around this, right? This is just an average. And then around day 25, they both start to plummet. Estrogen is usually around day 20, 23-ish. And then progesterone around day 25 really plummets, right? And then they go back down to normal. So that's how, how a lot of... That's how most women's cycles work. It's like you start low, they go up around you know day 15, 17, 20, day 15 through 25 basically is when things go up and then come back down near the end, right? So if you are supplementing progesterone, you can offset a lot of the effects of that fluctuating hormone. So what form of progesterone is best? Well, oral or sublingual is the kind that you'd want to take. And that's the kind we're going we're gonna to use at, at Slay. Oral is best before bed because it can really help with sleep. Sublingual is best in the morning because it, it can have the opposite effect. There are all kinds of, there's, there's sublingual, there's cream, there's over-the-counter cream. Don't use over-the-counter bullshit cream. Get it micronized, get it compounded so you can have a standardized dose, right? And what you would do is basically just monitor your symptoms. That's And again, we're going to treat symptoms over numbers. It's like you would just adjust dose based on how it affects you, how you feel. And everybody's different, you know, and some women need higher dose, some women need a lower dose. It just, it just really depends. Now, depending on what phase of life you're in, it will determine how often you take progesterone, right? So like obviously during PMS for premenopausal women, it would be during, during the time that you experience PMS to offset those symptoms. For perimenopause, it could be every day, it could be every other day, it depends on the symptoms. For menopause, every single day. Because you just you're, you're you don't have the hormone, right? 
And so that, that this is what a lot of doctors don't understand as well. They'll they'll just prescribe it one dose for everybody. It's it depends on your symptoms. It depends on what stage of life that you are in. Progesterone is even like there's actually no age limit for progesterone in particular. Some adolescents have used progesterone because they're you know they have some kind of hormonal deficiency there. So it just it just depends. But it, all women can benefit from progesterone. Again, it can the progestin side effects. Synthetic, you know, they have depression, breast swelling and tenderness, irregular bleeding, weight gain, fluid retention, breast cancer risk, cardiovascular disease risk, diabetes risk, you know. So that's why we use micronized P4, the progesterone, to avoid the risk of progestins. Just as an aside, progesterone is inflammatory in men and should not be used. <laughs> in case, I don't know. There may be somebody out there that's wondering if men should take it. Hell no. Let's move on to thyroid. So thyroid is a big, 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 big one. I know it's a lot, it's one that a lot of women have questions with and suffer with. So I'm going to clear up some of that and give you some education so that you are armed with knowledge. So the one thing I want you all to keep in mind with thyroid, normal, quote unquote, normal doesn't mean optimal. Just because your levels are normal on an FDA reference range, that doesn't mean shit for how you feel. It's a ref, it's a reference. It doesn't apply to everyone. Right. So this is why your doctors can tell you, oh, you're normal and you still feel like shit. Keep that in mind. And everyone's different. You may feel good at one end of the range. Another woman may feel good at a lower end of the range, but most people feel really good at the higher end of the range for T3. Okay. That's, that's key to remember as well. This is not, not high TSH, T3, your free T3, which is your active thyroid hormone, the, the amount that's circulating in your bloodstream, free T3. That is what you want to be in the high normal range. And so doctors will just, I've talked about this in another episode, but doctors will diagnose hypothyroidism with TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone, which is secreted from the pituitary gland. TSH is good for diagnosing. It's terrible for monitoring therapy or symptoms. Okay. So, so like if your, if your TSH normalizes according to blood work, according to your doctor, and you still feel like ass, well, we need to use a different metric, which T3 is the one. The problem is that most doctors don't even draw T3. They don't even realize that free T3 is something they should look at. They just look at T4 and T4 is inactive thyroid hormone. And so the thought process for years and years and years was, oh, let's prescribe T4, which is patented Synthroid, right? Synthroid is T4. And so they're like, oh, we'll just prescribe T4 and the body will convert it to, to T3. And that's been the, that's been the, the prevailing treatment. Well, so many women are still walking around symptomatic because they weren't drawing the free T3 to see where it was at. So the best way to monitor free T3 level or the best way to, to treat the symptoms are to, to look at free T3 level. And this is a great way to treat visceral body fat as well. Body temperature is a great indicator. is very indicative of, of thyroid function as well. If you have really low body temp, typically that means you're, you're, you may be getting close to hypofunction. Okay. So traditionally, T4 was prescribed via desiccated thyroid until patients started getting side effects. And then they just used that as a dose. It's like they prescribe it, prescribe it until they got sides and they would, that's their, their dose, right? And Synthroid was always touted as the best, despite the FDA finding Synthroid for saying that. And they've been, you know, obviously Synthroid's funded by Big Pharma. And now we know, you know, patients don't do, don't do better on T4 alone. Okay. We also know now, and a lot of doctors don't understand this, Receptor site resistance. Okay. So receptor site resistance, you know, the, this is where the, 
the, the thyroid hormone binds the mRNA, okay? If you have receptor site resistance, it means that one dose of T3 may not have the same effect as does with another woman who has less receptor site resistance. So that's why you need more. You need more of the hormone to get the same effect. So this is all this to say, usually you need to be prescribed a combination of T4 and T3 to fix the symptoms. Because T3 is, is the, the, the linchpin of the symptoms here. It's not TSH or T4. It's T3, which is active thyroid hormone. You fix T3, you fix the symptoms. And so this requires you know, a compounded thyroid medication. And which is, you know, armor is a good example of this. I take armor myself, but if you're low on T3, armor can, armor can help because it's both T4 and T3, right? So thyroid hormone, it's a metabolic hormone secreted by the thyroid that, that regulates temperature, metabolism, cerebral function, and energy. This is really key to understand because a lot of times women, particularly in menopause or otherwise, get prescribed antidepressants. There are studies that show that when an SSRI is prescribed, take Zoloft, for instance, because Zoloft was the one used in this study, they prescribed T3 alongside it. Depression dissipated exponentially more when T3 was prescribed alongside it, not the other way around. They took T3 away, no improvement in symptoms. So that's key to understand the impact that thyroid has on depression energy levels. Okay. Thyroid increases metabolism and lipolysis, thereby resulting in weight loss, as well as, as well as lower cholesterol levels, protects against cardiovascular disease, cognitive impairment, fatigue and weight gain, memory loss, and dyslipidemia because it decreases visceral fat. It increases SHBG and reduces insulin resistance. That's key to understand as well, those of you with insulin resistance. If you, you, you are not going to reverse insulin resistance until you reverse the visceral fat and you can't reverse the visceral fat until you have optimal thyroid hormone, T3, okay? There are over 200 symptoms related to thyroid deficiency. Now, note the difference between thyroid deficiency and hypothyroidism. You can have perfect TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, and still have all of these. Now, a bunch of your ears need to perk up because you're gonna, this is gonna resonate. You can have perfect quote unquote TSH and still have weak, cold and tired, fatigued, no matter what you do. So that's symptoms, right? You can be weak, cold, tired, fatigued, no matter what you do. Thin hair, thin skin, thin nails, no matter what you do. Weight gain, increased by body fat. Weight gain and increased body fat, no matter what you do. Loss of energy and motivation. Loss of cognition and memory. Poor sense of well-being and depression. Menstrual irregularities. Bowel dysfunction, constipation. You can have, quote unquote, perfect TSH and still have all these because your T3 is still fucked up. And sometimes it takes being in the very high end of the normal range to fix it. Sometimes it takes going beyond the, the reference range. If it goes up to 4.2 for T3, but sometimes it takes going up to 4.5, 5.0 for some people. And you have to have a doctor who's willing to do that and, and you know, go by the data and the symptoms. Thyroid deficiency is not hypothyroidism. Okay, that's, that's key to understand. Hypothyroid equals low levels of thyroid and high levels of TSH. So there's an inverse relationship there, right? If you have low levels of circulating thyroid hormone, then your pituitary gland is going to secrete more TSH, thyroid stimulating hormone, right? Because it's like, oh, she doesn't have a lot of thyroid hormone circulating. I better, I better produce more TSH to, to, to get more, right? And so that's why doctors will prescribe T4 to, to correct that. And it, and it will lower your TSH, but it won't fix the symptoms. You know, with me now? Deficiency, so that's hypothyroidism. Deficiency is 
symptoms of low thyroid, but with normal TSH. So let's say that you have hypothyroidism, doctor prescribes T4, TSH normalizes, you still have symptoms, that's thyroid deficiency and, and mainly refers to T3, okay? What are the three main causes of thyroid deficiency? So over time, the amount of thyroid hormone decreases secondary to a decreased production by the gland, decreased conversion of T4 to T3. Remember, T4 is inactive thyroid hormone, so the conversion of T4 to T3. And receptor site resistance, which is insensitivity, which is, which is causing the, low, the symptoms of low thyroid in the presence of normal, quote-unquote, blood levels, right? So a lot of physicians, a lot of endocrinologists look solely at TSH. And if the symptoms persist despite normal TSH, they say, oh, it must be something other than thyroid. And when you ask what, they say, well, I, I don't know, right? So overall body function is dependent on thyroid hormone. Key takeaway here is that your free T3 is abundantly important. It is the linchpin upon which, which all these symptoms could originate. And it's going to take a doctor who treats the patient and follows the literature that supports that concept, which is what we are going to do at Slay Hormone Solutions and what any really good practitioner of BHRT will do. And our practitioner, our practitioner, our team of practitioners is well versed in all of these things. One thing that a lot of people don't realize as well about, about Synthroid is when you prescribe T4, it suppresses the enzyme deodinase, which is what plays a huge role in the conversion to T3. So by prescribing exogenous T4, you're actually indirectly suppressing T3. A lot of people don't realize that. You normally can't raise T3 to optimal levels by just prescribing T4 alone. It can have a small effect. Some people it has no effect because of that, that suppression that a lot of people don't understand or receptor site resistance, right? So the solution is to prescribe bioidentical desiccated thyroid. Desiccated meaning broke down to the most absorbable form. And, and there's a lot of physicians that'll say, well, the body will, will not make more T3 if it, if it needs it, right? That's fucking dumb, okay? Remember that Synthroid is synthetic T4. It will suppress T3 indirectly. Cytomel is T3. If some of you are on Cytomel, that's synthetic T3. So that's something to be aware of. It is synthetic. And obviously, I'm an advocate of bioidentical. Armor thyroid is both T3 and T4. Again, that's what I... When I take Hashimoto's, for Hashimoto's, you would treat it the exact same way. You optimize T3 and symptoms generally improve. Thyroid also helps improve cholesterol over statins. Now, a lot of people are going to be pissed that I said that, but if you optimize thyroid, generally you, you get more benefit for, for, from that for cholesterol than you do from, from statins. Generally with women who switch from T4 to desiccated thyroid and they don't feel better, you need more. You need a higher dose. Again, there's receptor site resistance and some women need a higher dose of T3 before symptoms improve. T3 helps with depression. And a combo of T4 and T3 has been shown to improve mood with bipolar disorder. This is, again, in the literature. And T3 also helps enhance the antidepressant effect of commonly used SSRIs like Zoloft. So the key takeaways there are get your free T3 levels tested. If your doctor won't test them, get a new doctor. It is imperative that you see what your free T3 levels are for thyroid and you get those levels optimized and you should, you know, many women will see a improvement in symptoms there. So I hope this was valuable for you today. Again, I could, I, I summarized information as best I could. This was progesterone and thyroid. I'm going to do an episode on DHEA. I'm going to do an episode on estrogen to make combine those two and melatonin, prescription micronized melatonin. I'm going to go over that as well because that's something I take and I love. 
But with women, you can get so much out of optimizing estrogen or again, this is for this is for menopausal estradiol, and then for every woman, progesterone, thyroid, and DHEA. Those are the main hormones. Obviously, testosterone is it's a big one as well, especially for women in menopause. At Slay Hormone Solutions, we're not going to be prescribing testosterone because it's a controlled substance and it's really hard to do that telemed, which we could, but it's just a bunch of hoops you got to jump through to, to do that in, in multiple states because of the, the controlled substance laws. So we're going to do the, what we can with DHEA and, and probably have a really profound effect on testosterone levels. And down the road, once we have an option to work with maybe a, a partner clinic who can take care of the testosterone while we take care of everything else, you know, we'll, we'll explore our options there, but we're going to stay away from testosterone in the beginning phases because the, the four that I mentioned are the, are the, the big ones for women, especially. So hope this was helpful. Hope you got some value from this and hope you learned something. I love teaching and women's hormones are my, my passion. I love, love learning more about it. So and I hope you do too. So anyway, I have an awesome rest of your day. I'm going to go wake up my boy and then we're going to go to Tennessee today. So thank you all for listening. Talk to you all soon. If you liked what you heard on this episode, ladies, share it with your friends. And if you want to finally escape dieting culture and get body results that make your ex wish he never mistreated you, check out the link for the Revenge Body Metabolic Revamp. You can find that in the show notes. And remember, ladies, you are powerful.